want applicability. I want like I want to like learn on the fly, and the um and it was through that process that I realized I needed to change, right? Uh, you know, and then twenty years later, I come you know I come back to that moment of like that's why I, like that's why I I didn't lose sight of the fact that I still wanted to go into you know development of 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 young adults, of people, of human, you know, like the ministry component. It wasn't a religious piece of it. It was actually more of a spiritual development piece that I've, that I've been more interested in over time. That just wasn't a thing. When, you know, like that wasn't, there wasn't educational pieces. You know, personal development, spiritual development was not something in the 90s that, you know, that was, was there, was present, but it, was, but it wasn't necessarily something that, was, that had, um, you know, professional degrees, I'll just call it, you know, uh, um, had that there. So, you know, that ability to be able to kind of, to your point, have no regrets, look at these things, look back at those pieces, the, ma- the macro, micro, they're, they're all evolving. There's all of these overlapping circles. Um, and, you know, and, and many times in these seasons of my life, I don't understand what the hell I'm doing. Welcome to the With Sayada podcast, brought to you by the Centre for Belonging and Understanding. The podcast that brings to you stories of lived experience that you might not otherwise encounter. This is a podcast that encourages you to cultivate belonging and understand others. I'm your host, author and coach Sayada Zaidi, and every episode I'll be asking a new guest to share their story. Nick Hemmert is an innovative, high-impact change professional with information technology experience in demanding business environments such as retail, hospitality and healthcare. He is a left-brained systems analytical thinker with a right-brained understanding of emotions and feelings. Nick has a keen ability to navigate seamlessly between disparate worlds and dive deeply into complex businesses, organizations, and technology opportunities. Nick is the community architect at Exchange Approach, where the mission is to unlock hearts, minds, and collective wisdom. Nick is also the co-founder and chief strategist at the Centre for Awesomeness, which helps teams communicate better and get on the same page for a common need so they can accelerate growth. He uses facilitation models grounded in appreciative inquiry principles to take a closer look at the best of what was, the best of what is, and the best of what could be in the business, organization, and community. And on top of all of that, he is also a licensed spiritual practitioner. Let me introduce you because you are one of the most amazing people that I know. And you would be, wouldn't you? Because you set up something called the Center for Awesomeness. And I'm like, wow, you know. And not only that, you are a licensed spiritual practitioner and where we met was through exchange and you are essentially like the tech guru within there. And our kind of point of connection was through conversations that we were having about um, 
life, spirituality, and just some really, really weird stuff. I think what happens is when we come on a call, we have no idea what we're going to speak about. And two years, sorry, I was going to say two years, <laughs> two hours passes <laughs> by. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. Nick, welcome. Thank you. It's just, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a, it's an honor, you know, to, uh, to be a part of any project um, that you have happening in your, in your, in your world and, and in the, with the impact that you're making. And so it's, it's a true gift, you know, um, to, uh, to be asked to come and have a conversation in this, in this medium, you know, uh, and, um, and talk about um, all the things and maybe little of the things, the depth of things, whatever it is that we're going to, Keyboards. You know, chat about, you know, <laughs> keyboards, you know, yeah. writing processes, you know. Um, but this gives a real taste of kind of like the stuff that we do, right? So people that are li- going to be listening into this who know you are going to be thinking, why aren't they talking about this stuff? It's like, because we just talk about anything that comes up. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And, and, you, and, and then, you know, I'm feverishly writing right below me of like, you know, get, you know, come back to this, like, do this, you know. Um, because the, because there, there are definitely, it's a branching conversation, you know, that mm. we have, um, mm. and, uh, and, and some of the branches are, uh, are thick with wisdom and some of the branches are like, so you just want to take them down the seedlings of like, of like distractedness maybe, you know, but yeah, but yeah, the, you know, yeah, I definitely, um, like I'm great to be grateful to, uh, to have be a part of this conversation, you know, no, it, and, and one part that I want to just kind of, you know, add to the introduction is that, you know, when I, when I engaged in the, the, the endeavor of, of creating an, an, a new organization, um, the Center for Awesomeness was a, was a, is, is kind of the way that, that it just struck me. as like, that is a great, you know, um, kind of place to operate from. Um, and, and, and over the, over the years is with, it's with many people that are, um, that I've learned that, that, that do, uh, you know, solo work they do, or they do project-based work, or they're not necessarily in the United States, what we call a, you know, a, a 10, you know, a W-2, you know, employee. They're not, they're not there from nine to five. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not, they're not like a formal, you know, role. I jump from project to project. And, um, but recently I've been able to kind of keep my, keep my one specific role in with the exchange community that you talked about. And so most of my efforts and most of my work right now is, is, is as the d- director of operations for exchange and getting able to support, you know, all of the people that come through our trainings and, and, um, and stay on and, 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 and make a huge impact in the world using, you know, the tools and the, and the, and the form frameworks and all the things that we teach. So, mm-hmm. um, the center for Charlesmith still lives. It's still part of my, my ethos, but my current, you know, way of being every day, uh, is, uh, is, is that, is that role. Yeah. And, and I think it's really interesting because y- you, I believe that you can have a number of different roles and sometimes we step into something that then is actually supporting all of the other things that we're doing. And and I think that's what I see um, in how you've presented all of the different kind of avenues that you have in your life. Because I don't know about you, but for me, if I just do one thing, I, I tend to get bored quite quickly. And I like the richness of a variety of different kind of balls to juggle sometimes um, I heard this expression the other day and it was for me it was really powerful sometimes they're glass which means they shatter when they fall to the ground and other times they're made of rubber so they bounce back and you can keep catching them mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. yeah yeah and paying attention to you know ones that just crack versus fully break you know 
um, and the ones that are, you know, they can be mendable, you know, um, is, is, is an interesting, like, like evolution of that, of that thought, right. You know, mm-hmm. um, and the, when I started the Center for Awesomeness, I was in a, a, a process of, um, of, of educational ex- exploration, you know, of, of my next phase of things. I just, uh, um, I just sold uh, a technology services company that I had built over 10 years um, and, and had a, a few employees. We were a small shop and did technology consulting for, for you know, companies and organizations all around the Denver metro area. Um, and then I just got to a place where I was like, I need to, I need to get out of this, this type of situation created that went down an exploratory path of, of, you know, the spiritual light of the spiritual practitioner licensing and, you know, and what that could have, could evolve to, you know, in my world. And, and then COVID hit and it paused, you know, a lot of, a lot of that, that place, because I could, I could hone in not only the, the spiritual learning, because at that point, like, you know, you get my, my world, I get the intuition and, and I listen to that intuition of the things that I should be, should go down, whether that's in the micro tasks of the day or the, or the macro components of the year. And so, like, I was like, I should go down this this spiritual thing. Shouldn't you really need to do that? That was hitting me for years. Finally, we got a place to be able to go do it more regularly. You know, in the early to, in the early teens of the of the two thousands, um, and then it was just. And then when COVID hit, um, I was a little bit sporadic in the type of things that I was doing, and I kind of liked this idea of like centralizing it so that that variety that I like as well could come from one mm. one 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 container. You know, as opposed to, you know five or six containers, five or six clients you know, is another word to use for container. And so, you know, it's, it's very interesting to like, you know, during that time, as I reflect back on it now, it's like, why am I doing this? It didn't, it felt right, but didn't feel like it was actually applicable. Like I was actually applying the learning that I was doing in my master's program. And now like, now I can, now in the last year and a half, I can see how, you know, those two things have blended together of like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. this makes sense now of like, okay, I needed that piece and understanding. Um, and I needed th- this, this, this analytical, technical, like deepening part of my whole career, my education, my college education, all the things that I've learned to this point. And so that's a really interesting piece of like, you know, of, I wanted to just share that because I think that people that listen to an interested in results, interested in the, in, the, in the projects that you're working on, you know, you can have this seasonality of life where things make sense, don't make sense, right? Um, you can have the, you know, the, the glass crate, the glass crack, you know, on the ideas that you have and you can have the, you know, have it not. Um, but some people think that that's going to, they're goal planners. You know, they, they think it's going to happen serially, you know, uh, you know, uh, in, uh, from point one, two, three, four, five, you know, uh, over the course of 12 months or over the course of some timeline. But mm-hmm. in many cases, you know, you come to find that you set that intention and then a couple months in, you're like, that's not right. Let's iterate, let's iterate, you know, mm-hmm. or, or, or spirit, you know, God, source, love, you know, whatever, whatever higher power you might, you know, call, call upon in your life, you know, gives you a message, gives you a thought, gives you a, gives you something. Um, and if that, and if you don't believe that comes from something else, your gut tells you, you know, that, that, it, that, that you need to shift. So, you know, it's just exciting to continue to have, to have a container to talk about things like this. Cause that's what we usually talk about when we, we get together mm. and I think the thing that that I pull out from that in in my own journey to get to where I am now because I feel as if like you know I'm going to be 50 next year and it kind of feels as if it's taken me almost 50 years to get to the point of clarity because now finally I can see why I'm doing what I'm doing with just a level of um 
of understanding and articulation that I've never had in my life before. And I and I remember kind of spending some time thinking, man, I spent seven years at university studying architecture. Did I waste my time? Now, I, I believe that there are no regrets in life. I also believe everything happens for a reason and all of those other things. But I wouldn't be human if I didn't think back and think, well, I don't practice architecture. Did I waste my time? Yeah. And it's only really now that all of those things coming together are making sense. And I think that's what you're describing, right? Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. And the and 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 we've had this conversation in the past about macro and micro, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and it's a mix of both. It's a mix of like the you know I set the I set a goal, you know, to do this thing. There's there's practicality. There's things that I can actually schedule, do, grab, learn, like to, to iterate, like follow some model someone else's success. And you know, but but in the case of you know of 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 um you know of something bigger, you know, like career goals, you know, yes, you're going to go with an intention you know, you're going to spend a lot of time and effort and energy, you know, learning, reading, journaling, reflecting, asking peers, asking mentors, you know, to get to a place of like, okay, this feels good. I'm going to go down this route. Like, so to use your case, architecture, you know, to use my case, you know, um, I went to school originally in college, I went to school to become for religious studies, you know, so, cause I wanted, cause I wanted to actually go down the road of, of going into, uh, to, to leadership and youth and uh, young adult, um, you know, ministry. And, um, and I just got into the classes and just, it wasn't applicable to that. It just didn't feel good. And so, you know, after two years I switched to, to business and, and computers, which was another passion that, that I literally sat my senior and junior year, like looking at the, the choice you have to make at that point of like, I have to pick. <laughs> why do I have to pick? I don't want to go in undecided. And I, well, for me, I had to pick because I didn't want to go spend the first two years of my, my, my money, you know, cause I was paying for most of my, I was paying for half of my college education, not paying for it literally at the moment, but loans, I was taking, you know, I was responsible for half of my investment. And so I didn't want to spend the first two years taking like, you know, the, the, the qualific the, the prereqs or whatever they're called now, you know, I was like, I need, I want applicability. I want like, I want to like learn on the fly. And the, um, and it was through that process that I realized I needed to change. Right. Uh, you know, and then 20 years later, I come, you know, I come back to that moment of like, that's why I, like, that's why I, I didn't lose sight of the fact that I still wanted to go into, you know, development of, 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 of young adults, of people, of human, you know, like the ministry component. It wasn't a religious piece of it. It was actually more of a spiritual development piece that I've, that I've been more interested in over time. That just wasn't a thing. When, you know, like that wasn't, there wasn't educational pieces, you know, personal development, spiritual development was not something in the nineties that, you know, that was, was there, was present, but it was, but it wasn't necessarily something that was, that had, um, you know, professional degrees, I'll just call it, you know, uh, um, had that there. So, you know, that ability to be able to kind of, to your point, you have no regrets, look at these things, look back at those pieces, the, the macro micro, they're, they're all evolving. There's all of these overlapping circles, um, and, you know, and, and many times in these seasons of my life, I don't understand what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> I still feel like that. I don't, I don't, you know, like, and, 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 I'm, and to what level I'm going to feel that mm-hmm. is based upon probably the transition that put me in this season of my life. You know, you know, in some seasons, the transition that put me here, not as challenging. You know, others, it's like, it's like a train, it's like a, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's like a, it's like a huge hit to the huge rock to the you know, huge blow to the body, you know, you know mm-hmm. um, whether that's a loss or, you know, or, or something, you know, big. And that determines really kind of like how much I feel of that 
humanness of the hell am I doing? You know, um, but I'm doing stuff like, you know, naturally I want to, I want to do things. I want to have goals. I want to have intentions. I want to have, you know, ways to make, make, um, make money, ways to, you know, create an impact, all mm-hmm. those kinds of things. Um, but you know, the, the iterative nature of it, um, is not, like I said, linear, you know, um, for the whole like thing, but for pieces mm-hmm. of it, pieces of it, I can definitely mm-hmm. appreciate, you know, and I can look at your architecture's background. And I can be like, that totally makes sense <laughs> because, because not, you know, not only are you, you know, cause you're, you're, you know, you, from what I know, that infrastructure component, that design, design to get to, to reality, that like that, that, that piecing together of the pieces that makes it so that something that's in, in, in creation or, you know, whether it's a building or it's, you know, it's something that the, the nature of an architect, you know, in my thought is to, you know, create a drawing or bring visions um, from, from, you know, from uh, into manifestation into reality through drawings or through, through the actual building itself. Right. And so, you know, just look at your plate, you know, just think of the things you're working on now with your, you know, with your, your high level degrees and um, you know, like in your book and all these pieces, like, it, you know, it's really interesting that you describe it like that because, like, um, you know, all of that stuff is starting to to make sense in this kind of idea of I'm going to call it a home that I'm creating, right? So the you know, and yeah. so the the doctorate is one thing, the book is another, the center for belonging and understanding is another piece, and and as you were speaking, the thing that really came to my mind was the atmosphere. Cause I know when I was working in architecture, I did a whole cra- range of crazy stuff. Like I designed, um, some big residential buildings on the Thames. I, I worked on some football stadia. Um, I worked on the five-star UEFA accommodation for Celtic football club. And if you're in Scotland or Scottish, you'll know what, what that means and how amazing a job that was. Right. <laughs> I did some stuff for Leicester City. My claim to fame there is to do the um, to number the seats and design the toilets. <laughs> right? Really? But, <laughs> Somebody's got to do it. But you know, even when I was doing that, I was thinking, "What's the atmosphere?" And I think that's the essence of this thing that I'm trying to create here as well. What's the atmosphere that I want to create? And that's the thing that I love about exchange is that there is just this really, really nice atmosphere in that, in, in the community. Um, I was going to say in that place, but it's not a physical place. Right. It's online, right? But right um, now. Yeah, very right now. Yeah. And, uh, and there is tension in there. But there's also a huge amount of learning and richness and growth and all of that other stuff. And I think that for me is the biggest gift that I could want. Because as, as I unpack this even more, when you create a place with a good atmosphere, don't you want to keep going back? Yeah. Yeah. No, and, and, the, and, you know, and, and that is a shared, you know, we may have talked about this before. If we haven't, we'll talk about it now. But like that's a shared, you know, uh, essence, you know, for me with you is that, you know, I've, I'm always very interested in the, um, you know, in the, in the experience of what I'm creating. And, you know, so when I'm a technology professional, you know, I, yes, I can go and get you any keyboard, any computer, you know, any wireless access point, you know, I can make the wires, you know, do whatever. And I, and I can understand at that point, just like your numbering of the toilets and the bathrooms, like, you know, you can understand that there's going to be 
hundreds of people coming through that place. You know, in that case of the bathroom, in my case of, a, of an office, there's going to be a staff. And I want to know what that staff, what, I want to sit there and watch them do their work, right? And certain things, you know, with the choices that we make around what they're going to use and how they're going to use it, well, is I can help to, to, to guide, you know, but in other cases I can't because hardware vendors haven't made certain things that do the things that they want, you know, but also the human experience isn't ready for some of the things that, that may or may not like, you know, because in my case, my experience was a lot of moving people from paper to digital in mm-hmm. my, in my, in that role of my life and in, in, in technology services. And so, you know, tablets were not very great. This is before iPhone. This is before the, how good they are now. And, you know, and, but the, but still creating places where people could actually not like pick up a light laptop. Like I'm creating an atmosphere where like they're literally going to carry an, a, a laptop from, from patient in this case, from a medical office, from patient room to patient room to patient room to patient room. And they have to have a good battery. Like I got to think about the battery, think about the, you know, the, 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 the place they're going to come back to so they can plug their thing in really easily. Like all of those atmosphere things you're talking about, you know, that's definitely a, a key piece to that. And then in exchange, that's definitely an aspect of, of in my role, I'm not directly involved in, you know, in, in what you might experience because I'm not necessarily a trainer, um, you know, or someone who's um, you know, showing, excuse me, our work as, but, as but, someone else is. But in the background, as an operational person, you know, I'm fully aware, uh, you know, and I'm more intentionally interested in, you know, who are the types of people that are coming there? What are their experiences? What are they, what are they experiencing? What are they not getting? Um, and then, you know, the, the real challenge of the work now is like, is the amount of information we have is, is deciding what are the pieces that we can do right now and then break those things, break the bigger things down into pieces that we can do right now, which, you know, that can make it so that that atmosphere is one of that you've come to know, you know, mm-hmm. that any, you know, whether you're with, you know, and I'm not saying everybody should run out and go look up exchange. Don't, you, don't do that. We're, I think we're more talking, you, you can totally exchangeapproach.com, but the, um, but the, but the, um, but more of the essence of like, when you're, when you're doing these things, you know, we are creating these environments of like, what are those pieces? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and for us, and, and we've been talking specifically about ourselves in this moment, we're not talking about how we do that professionally or how we do that for our families or how we we're just, I'm, I'm really just only thinking about the essence of like how I think about it for myself. And then how do I execute on that, you know, for myself, you know, to the level of like the type of water bottle, to the type of keyboard, the things we talked about, to the, you know, to the chair, you know, to the, to the, like, I'm creating the environment for me, the atmosphere for me to feel successful, you know, every day or feel good as best as good as I can. Um, just like, you know, you are in that, like that architectural experience, like, you know, um, I built a lot of restaurants in my work. Mm -hmm. I didn't physically build them, but I worked a lot with a lot of people that were from your, you know, your educational background, um, who had no idea about things that I did, but they had a lot of experience about how we could execute on the things that we needed to because it's because the restaurant or the medical office needed those things. They didn't know how to put wires and they didn't know they needed to put wire drawings on their, on their architecture plans. They do now, but, but when then they didn't know they had to do that. So we had to work together to figure it out. But, you know, that was the type of role that I took on was that, you know, helping them to build, you know, enhance the atmosphere that they were trying to create. Um, by, you know, saying like, you know, um, did you think about this and just think about that? And how can we collaborate on this versus um, I'm not telling the architect they did it wrong Mm -hmm. or she did it wrong. I'm saying, you know, 
um, it would be great if we could, you know, have this here or that here or this or this, that, you know, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's a cool background, you know, to, mm-hmm. to, to, to bring into, you know, to the, to work, especially, you know, um, especially around the, you know, the, the center work that you're, you know, looking to, to continue to evolve and, and go into that you're doing now and evolving now because the, because the, as a facilitator, as a consultant, as a, you know, as a person that's in that space, this is the, is, is totally a super skill. It's, it's, it's a magic trick. It's a, it's a magic skill to be able to not only think about the fundamental thing you're going to do for the person when they, when, 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 you know, someone comes to you, they ask you to do something. They ask you to do a training for me, right? What they're, what they're thinking about is the outcomes of the training. They're not thinking about the fact that like you want the, you want the tables in a certain way. If it's, if it's in person, you have, we want music, we want some Nate, we want some flowers. Like you're not, they're not thinking of those pieces. If it's online, if it's a, if it's a hybrid, they're not thinking of that when they come to you, but you know, um, but it's but like, you if are, you, yeah. You know. And that's the thing. Cause it's like, if you, if you go to, if you ask your family what they want for dinner and they just say food, mm-hmm. right. And, and I mean, that's a perfectly valid answer, right? Yeah. When I say that out loud, the, the people that are listening in are thinking, well, why would they just say food? They're going to describe what they want. And uh, the, the younger they are, the probably the more fussy they're going to be. And the older they are, the more specifics they're going to put in. You know, I like my, I don't know, I want my chips, not curly fried. I want them like this. I want, you know, whatever. Yep. And, and, this is the thing about creating atmosphere because when you have that level of understanding, you're not just providing food, which could be anything from porridge to bread to potatoes to a nice meal. You're actually consulting and you're saying, what is it that you as an individual and the group of people that are coming in, what is it that you want and how do we deliver something to you that is done in a way that meets your needs? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and in most cases, you know, we use food as an example, like, you know, um, let's just stick, we'll, we'll stick with the consultative situation versus the parenting thing. Cause that's a whole nother like dialogue of conversation <laughs> that I'm no by means, you know, yes, I have a seven, you know, eight, and sorry, six and eight. They're, they're kids. Kindergarten, kindergarten or third grader, you know, whatever age they are. Sorry. You know, uh, that's not one of my strong suits is remembering that anyway. Um, but from a, from, from an experience perspective, you know, yeah. Like, when we do, when, you know, when, when, when we do events, you know, um, the, they may not be thinking about the food. They just know they want food. Mm. And, you know, and, and the, to, to the level that, 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 that I would like to craft and create that atmosphere, I would like to talk to them about the types of food, talk about allergies. I would like to ask, you know, now it's more, now it's more culturally acceptable to have, you know, like a question when you're setting up something with someone, like it's kind of expected now that you would ask for allergies, but like, you know, three, four or five years ago, it wasn't necessarily like a, you know, uh, a default thing. It's over time, it's developed into something, but like we want to get into those nuances so that when someone came in, you know, to your point, like that they wouldn't feel that they were left out, you know, um, like if, if, if they were, you know, an, an, a non-mediating, you know, a person um, and there wasn't a, you know, a non, it was only a meat option and that would kind of suck. Mm-hmm. Um, could they figure it out? Yeah. But like, I think that in what we're talking about now is that, that ability to be able to create that intentionality, create that, that space, create that atmosphere is a, you know, is, is definitely a part of our, um, our nature mm-hmm. 
um, our nature, meaning you and I, you know, of, of like just, you know, wanting that. And then people that, um, that, that come into the work that I do now, that's definitely a part of their nature is that they're, you know, they're, they're used, they're used to doing, they're the ones that have done consultative practices, trainings, you know, they've done that the way that everybody else has done it. And now they, they, they want to find that, especially with COVID, they were, they were, this was happening before COVID, but even more now with COVID, they want to find that new way or what's that leg up or what's that like, you know, and really it, fundamentally to sum this all up, it comes down to being curious, mm-hmm. you know, developing that curiosity, you know, through, through questions, mm-hmm. um, you know, and so whether it's in the family situation or it's, or it's, or it's, you know, in the consultative client relationship, you know, how do you craft your questions when you're having those dialogue um to be to have them be generative to have them be open-ended to have them be inclusive to use a word you know um so Mm. you know and and we'll come on to questions in a minute but there's just something else in there that i that i want to unpack in terms of the responsibility that that we have so for example for me you know i i in some ways as the person that's hosting this podcast i control the space right and i have to think about how is it that i want my guests to feel when they come in and it would because you know we're recording this over zoom and then stripping the audio and putting it online now it would be easy to come in literally at the time that it begins and just kind of be there with the person and ask them questions but i want to be in this space five to ten minutes before anyone joins me because and start thinking about them and think well how how do i want to be with that person right and that is really really fundamental because I'll tell you one thing when I wasn't doing that the the kind of nuance of the conversation was slightly different and as soon as I realized I want to really think about how will I greet my guest because if we were in a actual physical space if we were in person then I would be thinking you know is my house tidy have I got the right cup of coffee all of these kind of things and it's bringing that level intentionality to this and and I mention that because I view you as the person who's kind of creating the space for the people to come and deliver their training so you're kind of like the producer and your role is really really significant so when we and have good training of course there's excellent delivery excellent content but essentially if you're not the one um, and you know of course there's so many others behind the scenes as well if you're all not doing the jobs that you're doing then the orchestra can't play the music yeah 100 percent. and i and i am you know yes am i in a place of of you know of of um you know uh um i'm in a place where i have you know people that are on my team you know, so the, um, and then, you know, collectively we have, you know, other, I have other peers in our, in our organization. We all play to the strengths. I'll just say it that way, you know, um, and we, in, but the, but us coming down to the clarity of what those strengths are has to happen through working together. I, I believe you can, you can come in to a situation where you, you know, just like in this case with the podcast, you may know them, may not know them, you know, but there's an, but there's an aspect of like, of having that understanding of what their strengths might be or the conversation points you want to have. So you can draw out that, that, that knowledge and wisdom in a conversation, you know, but the, but we've over time figured out what those strengths are, but, but then over time of actually doing these things, we've determined the types of roles that need to be played. Mm. Um, and then the, um, you know, so the, in, in our case, there's, there's situations like a, 
um, like a person that does spotlighting in Zoom, a person that does the breakouts, a person that, that, that kind of minds the chat, a person that, that does what we call tracking. They, they basically, you know, note the time and note general synthesis of what people say, right? And, you know, and, and we then, you know, I then ma- match together in the cases where I, I'm making that decision. And then as a team, we decide what, you know, who makes the best thing. And that isn't always the case for every event. In some cases it changes for another, to another person. You know, we, we just have to be, you know, um, uh, open, you know, to, to that being, to that shifting. And then, and then from a growth perspective, you know, by identifying those roles, we're allowing those people that aren't doing those roles now to deepen and deepen in their understanding of them and then grow into those roles themselves so that I can grow into the next thing that I'm going to grow into, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't happen, you know, overnight. It happens over time. And, you know, we just completed an event yesterday that I didn't attend. It's the second time I didn't attend an event at all. And, you know, our ratings were great. Feedback was good for the team. And, you know, and, and those and the two that are on our team that, that, that ran all the roles that we need to have run to run a, of an event that's, um, that's from, from the back, from the back office side of the, of things, you know, that's, they've grown really well. Mm. You know, Jen and Christelle have grown really well and we brought someone else on. Like they've, they've grown really well into the ability to be actually to produce those in a way um, that, um, that the content team doesn't have to think about, mm. you know, who's going to do this. Yeah, you know, and, and who's, then they who's can going to put the coffee on the table, you know, like we're yeah. in person, who's going to make all these things happen? And in most cases, that's, you know, it's either one or two people and um, three people, it's a team for the most part, you know, and so, um, but yeah, it's exciting. I'm excited all the time to, to continue to do the work of like, you know, of, of being able to ask the questions, you know, that bring out those pieces so that then we can, you know, create the atmosphere that, you know, is, um, to your point, it's not the, it's not something that people will note unless we actually put emphasis and ask about it on a survey, right? Um, but the but they they wouldn't note it. They some might notice, right? You know, um, some of the things we do, you know, with the, with our way we open things, the way we do breaks, like like some people will notice those are different, right? Mm-hmm. But other things, you know, um, you, you may not notice that until you go and experience something else, and then you're like, oh, you know, that's that they did something there. You know, mm-hmm. um, so. Yeah, and and you're taking me to when I first experienced John kind of like, and I and I tell this story several times, so I'll tell it very briefly here because I know I've probably told you before as well, which is that um, he facilitated something at an event for Sage. And in the first five minutes, I was like, I don't know what this guy's doing. I Honestly, I don't even know who he is. I want to know how to do it, right? And that was it. <laughs> You know, and the thing is, that's the magic of some of the stuff that you facilitate and you teach and you advocate for. Yeah, that our team does. Yes, Steve, Steve Adair, um, Brother James, you know, John, you know, especially, you know, they're definitely the ones that are doing the teaching, you mm-hmm. know, and in my, and in my role, you know, I'm, 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 it's a support role of being able to, to emphasize, you know, um, it's my wish and my, my, my intention every time we start an event that, you know, that, that I, that, that what we do operationally uplifts what they're going to do. Um, and, um, and enables that enables that to be done and to create a situation where in five minutes, in the first five minutes, mm-hmm. someone wants to either, someone either feels like they're like they're comfortable in being there or they feel like they want more or they feel safe. You know, they feel, um, you know, um, a part of, um, uh, feel different about something about, you know, 
whatever that experience is, is in the, from what they've experienced at another one like that five, in the first five minutes. Mm-hmm. So that's really great to hear. No, it's, it's true. And this is where I'm going to do the plug. So if anyone wants to know what that feels like, then go to exchangeapproach.com. All the links are going to be in the show notes as well. And, you know, even if you don't want to do facilitation, I think that um, what you will learn in that workshop, and it's not going to cost you money, but it will cost you time. But what you learn in there is applicable to any conversation that you have. And I think, um, one thing that we've really learned through the pandemic is the importance of connection and humanity and and having conversation in the right kind of way, but also allowing space for um, people to raise tension and difficulty and challenges. So whether you're going to take these conversations and apply them into your family or in the workplace or with colleagues, it, it doesn't kind of really matter. What matters is that I think that you would want to have this skill set once you understand the power of what it does. Yeah, yeah, appreciate that. And our, you know, uh, our focus is, is definitely on helping, you know, consultants, um, you know, uh, f- people that call themselves facilitators, trainers, mm-hmm. you know, people that do group work. That is, the, that is the emphasis of the people. But to your point, like anyone that comes in to be able to experience you know, our work, um, whether it's through our workshop or it's through our free workshop or it's through, um, you know, an event that we're putting on for, for someone else. Um, you know, you definitely, you know, we hope that, you know, that you get the opportunity to, you know, take something from that, you Mm -hmm. know, in in the case, one of our biggest, one of our biggest, you know, um, uh, key tools, you know, is the question. So let's speak about the question. I, I would like to unpack, um, um, some stuff around this because I have lots of coaching colleagues who are also going to be listening to this. And if I look back at my life, all of my work um, that I've done in being a coach and now training coaches is about a number of different things. One is the quality of listening. Uh, then there's the uh, power of the question. And I also think there's something in there about holding the space for that conversation to take place. There's probably a million other things as well that people who are listening thinking, why didn't say you had said this one? If it's in your mind, it's absolutely right. But for now, we're just going to focus in on questions. What do you think is are the ingredients of a good question? Well, I, I, I definitely would, um, you know, would uh, I think you're going to have, you know, my colleagues on, on, on your podcast uh, at some point here in the future. So I will, I will leave a lot of that, the goodness of that question um, to, to those, to those um, that come in. Cause, uh, cause for me um, I'll answer it from my perspective and, you know, and what, and what I've, you know, and what I've come to learn um, in my own education through our work, but also through my education outside of the work, you know, um, you know, specifically in my spiritual practitioner work, you know, the ability to, to your point, you, you know, if you're getting into any place where you're wanting to, you know, help people, the skill of listening, the skill of understanding the space, um, you know, the atmosphere, as we shared earlier, um, you know, holding is a term that's, that's used right now. And that can be like an ethereal, like, like really like, you know, uh, what does that even mean for people that are practical? Um, it just means being intentional about what, about what the environment looks like, you know, for that, you know, that that's how I, when I hear the word hold the space, Mm. I think about, you know, the, just making sure I have an intentionality about Mm. what, what the environment is that that someone's coming into, whether it's online or in person. And so Mm. in the question piece, 
you know, for me, um, you know, the, that level of curiosity, you know, uh, is, um, is definitely a part of my own nature. Um, and some may say, you know, it, the, the, my wife would definitely would be one would be like, you know, I think you're a little bit too curious, you know? Um, but it's not so much curious about the, 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 like the wideness of my curiosity. It's more about the curiosity of the, of the depth of the thing, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, like it's like it's a, the keyboard is a great example of, you know, I like, think we're kindred spirits. Maybe yeah. that's why. We yeah, have totally. <laughs> so like, so like, so, you know, I'm, 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 I'm definitely interested in opening the door when I'm having a conversation with someone, whether it's a consultative thing, whether it's a customer service situation where I'm not going to physically talk to them, you know, or we're just having an email, you know, where I'm thinking about, okay, like what is the, what's the essence of, of what's going on here? And then what can I, how can I ask one question that can open up and then go deep more, more further into detail on, on that key area. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then be able to kind of hold that container. And so the questions that, you know, that enable us, you know, to do that are generative questions. Generative questions are ones that, that basically um, get you to think about, you know, what's hap- what's the best of your past, your present and your future. So what's, what's worked in your past, what's working now, what would you love to have work in the future? So like that, I'll just summarize the question question in mm-hmm. that way of like, so I'm, I'm, when I'm meeting with a client, meeting with a customer, meeting with a member, meeting with you know, my family, my, you know, my, my kids, you know, I am thinking about what questions can I ask that will pull out their experience from what they, from how they did this before, mm-hmm. how they like doing it now, you know, and then what, you know, what could they, what would you like to do? How would you like to do this later? Right. Um, and so, and then with that question, I'm thinking about the environment. If it's a really serious one, I'm definitely thinking really intentionally about the environment that I'm going to like the, the time and the space. Like, is it at night? Is it the morning? You know, are we going out for, are we, am, I, am I taking my, my wife out to ask her this stuff? You know, or, or can we just have it, the conversation, you know, at night, you know, while we're, while we're settling down? Um, and I'm jumping around there to kind of just give some specific examples of like where that went. But that's when I think of questions, you know, that's kind of the, the key components of the types of you know, questions that I look for are mm-hmm. how can I understand more about the other person's perspective from where they've been, you know, where they're at right now and, you know, where they and where they want to go. Um, so. And what you're describing there, just actually, just even in the last couple of sentences, is the real essence of the work that we're trying to do at the Centre for Belonging and Understanding, because that piece about the curiosity and looking to understand other people, I think, is the essence of um, moving away from a space within diversity, equity and inclusion, which I think is focused on um and people are going to feel triggered by me saying this, and I apologize, but um, it's like it, the focus is on division, you know. And when you look at the etymology of the words diversity and inclusion and equity, you realize why. Because I've said this to you before, I'm sure I've said this to a thousand people, but it's so good, I think it needs to be said again. The word diversity comes from the same etymological source as the word divorce, you know. And so that piece there about creating some tension in spaces and don't get me wrong, like all that work that's been done has been of a huge amount of service to get us to where we are now. But I think we need to be curious about what is it that we need for the future? And so the unpacking of the the way that you've presented the questions in terms of let's look at the past, let's look at where we are now and let's look at where we want to go and do it collectively and have that exploration. I think that's, 
that's really um, a good space because no one knows the answers. I mean, actually, to be perfectly honest, nobody even knows the right question to ask, but we play around with the question, we ask it, and then we learn something and we move on. Yeah, the um, the couple things that come up for me, you know, that I didn't mention in the question piece is that that might be inherent in the way that I described it or might be implied is, is that, you know, with my, the, the intentionality that I talked about was the fact that, you know, it is a collective effort. Just because I'm asking the question doesn't necessarily mean I'm, my experience doesn't matter to that. As a facilitator, I, I'm, I'm, I'm totally separate from the process. But in a conversation with my wife, you know, um, that is my belief on a facilitator. But facilitators should not be you know, emotionally or whatever invested in what they're, you know, uh, in, the, in, in the outcomes of the client. That's my own you know, perspective on it. You know, you want to be as biased or un, you know, unbiased, sorry, um, whatever, however you want to look at that, of like not having, a, not having an outcome when you're a facilitator. You're just mm-hmm. crafting the conversation, crafting this, crafting what's happening. Um, if you're educating, if you're training, totally different conversation. But mm-hmm. I digress. The, um, but the, it is a collective piece. And what I think that, and I don't want to oversimplify, the, there's a lot of richness and depth into the, the, the past, present, future piece mm-hmm. that many people talk about. You know, a lot of people, you know, can continue to go and reference. And I don't want to oversimplify it. Like, you know, it's hard work regardless. Mm-hmm. You know, it's hard work. If I'm talking to my son about something to the hard work of, of sitting at a table with his, with his peers and talking about something for their age group to, to sitting with adults you know, talking about whatever we're talking about. Now we move into this, this, this specific subset of a, of a conversation of, of a, you know, of a, of a, I'll just call it a, of a very, um, you know, um, um, diverse conversation, you know, can be triggering for people, can be, you know, it, it can be, um, you know, people have a lot of pride, you know, people have mm-hmm. a lot of experience with, when, when you get into those situations, whether it's the diversity, equity, inclusion conversation, or it's just familial conversations, mm-hmm. um, you know, I mean, whatever those are, the, 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 those types of things happen a lot. But the, the beauty of it is, is that, you know, and, and what I've seen in my own experience is that, you know, in those moments where we have that, that, um, um, that, uh, the, the, the division, we have that tension, we have that, you know, the, the, I don't want to talk about it. Cause that, cause if we talk about it, you know, like, you know, we may not, we're not, we're going to, you know, that's the beauty of the question. Mm-hmm. That you're you're at work trying to craft these questions in a way that the person's giving their experience, not how they think things should you know like they be for everyone, right? They're not you know I'm asking you I'm crafting a question that says what's the way you have seen this work really well? Mm-hmm. Do you, know this- we, you know, and then we do group work. It's what's the way we have seen it be well, right? Mm-hmm. So you're taking from those shared experiences, and then from there you know, like we've said, it's not a simplified process. You're, you're going to another stage and another stage where basically, you know, where our hope is to make it about creating that shared experience that you, coming from your own experience to a shared experience. And then from those shared experiences, we're hoping we can incite with the questions, the future questions specifically, we're hoping that we can incite something in that moment that mm-hmm. can be from those, that, that stuff that's been there. And then from there, you have another conversation, maybe a day later, a week later, a month later, you know, um, they can continue to iterate on it. I think that as a culture, we can get in a place of like, this is the way we've done it. So this is the way we're going to do it always. And therefore we're only going to have one conversation a year on this thing, you know, when in all yeah. reality we need to, you know, in some areas, not all I'm speaking in general terms here. I like, but I'm just saying like, I think the, the thing is the there are some things that are- conversations is helpful. Yeah. There's some things that are really simple and we're just like, okay, they can be one and done. You know, and and I think to some degree, maybe 
some logistical conversations like that going back to keyboards like once i've decided what keyboard i want to get and it works that's it i'm done you know but let let's then look at the other tech that i have you know when new information comes in and there's something new that's available then that conversation will change and if actually i don't need keyboards anymore i can and i know there is stuff that i can get to do this but literally i can just type on a, a surface and roll something out to be then that's a different conversation and i think there's the nuance on what is even the content of the conversation that we're speaking about yeah and and, and we, yeah we're when we t- when we talk at this general level you know the of uh, it's overreaching we definitely want to go into but the, the 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 essence of what we're talking about is applicable to the very objective things that you're mm-hmm. talking about of like a keyboard piece or or like a new upgrade to your iPhone OS or whatever like there's that's like it's literally objective these are the features you got you can then go and assess how how well they're going to apply to you and to the use of the people that are around you. In the case of a phone, that's a bad example. Now you're not shared, but like if if you know if if if, if Google introduces new pieces for their for their workspace tool, like you all can now decide how to use those pieces. But they're very objective still because they're still features, right? Mm-hmm. But in the case of a you know of a team's organization's conversation, that's not very objective. You know, mm-hmm. like um, like there's areas where you want to make it more objective and more you know like stated and you can begin to iterate on them, but in other areas, it's very objective. You know? Well, I, th- I think so. that there are some workplaces where it is objective and it, I find it really quite challenging because there's some spaces I'm in and I'm like, so do you use Google Docs? And they're like, Google what? And I'm thinking, okay, it's going to be really hard work for me to t- stay in that space. But and one of the things that came out of Christopher Lockhead's session at that training yesterday was he was describing people being kind of like analog or digital and so if you're working in a analog space, then I think it is much more objective. You know, people are very, very clear cut. Their whole psychology of how they operate is different. And look, I say that as someone who is in the analog space very, very clearly, because the definition of analog is someone over 35, right? We've had to learn how to become digital. Um, we use the the digital space we're not digital natives people under the age of 35 um are to some degree you know people under the age of 25 100 their whole life the iphone and all of that has been around yeah but the the, the but the essence there of the of the you know and and we can like again we're in these 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 wide sweeping generalized you know pieces but the mm-hmm. you know or, or topics but the but for me that i think that the you know the key here is that how dynamic you know, can you adjust yourself to be as, as a human in this world? It's like just situational. Like, yeah. okay, how situationally, how contentional you can be, how stuck, you know, you could bring in the growth, the, the gro- you know, the simple growth mindset, fixed mindset, you know, that, that work, um, you know, um, and forgive me, the author's not coming to me, but you know, like, Carol Dweck. Yeah. Yeah. Her, the, um, but the, the, like that, and I wasn't there for for Christopher's component, but the, but there, but the other piece that I want to just mention in that in this for this conversation right now is that it's not a it's not a binary decision, mm-hmm. um, and so the you know it's not a binary thing. You know, it's not it's not either analog or digital, right? You know, there are you know in areas where you are innovating in your life, you're probably more digital, air quotes, than you are analog. 
mm-hmm. stuck in your ways, you know, or, or, or looking at the, looking at the thing, you know, like, so, you know, like, like I like, um, this keyboard I have, I have two or three other, like one sitting in a court, sitting in a shelf because I don't know if they're going to sell this forever. That's kind of an analog way of thinking, you know, like, you know, but, um, because I've broken them and I don't want to not have them, right. You know, so, but the, but from a digital perspective, it's like, well, you know, like I can, my keep my computer, I'm going to get a new thing. I can change it. You know, I can be a little bit more flexible to how I use something. Right. So mm-hmm. to me, it's a both and of it, but, but the, but just the sheer under the sheer bringing it into your awareness on a more regular basis is the key is the key understanding, right. Of like, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're not, you're not one or the other Both. generally speaking from a percentage perspective, you're probably majority one way versus the other, but there are areas of your world that are probably more, you know, growth versus fixed analog versus digital, you know, like that, like that kind of piece. Um, you know, because the, um, cause I, cause I know plenty, we go to the age, we, we just talk about age related, you know, assumptions here. Yeah, I know a lot of 70 year olds that love iPhones, mm. you know? And so the, um, and it's just because they've been reinforced and rewarded and they have a, 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 a lifestyle, a mindset of thinking of like, Oh, this is a cool tool. Like, let's use it, you know? Um, but the, uh, but yeah, no, I love, I love the, um, um, I love the, 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 the arc of that conversation because the, you know, the, cause we're talking about atmosphere, being intentional about that. Then once we have the atmosphere, we're talking about what are ways that we can, you know, be in that atmosphere and still be in, and have that you know, non-binary, you know, and sorry, that's not the right term. I don't want to throw that term out there. Um, but the, you have that not this or that, or mm-hmm. experience, um, you know, w- with, with, uh, you know, create an experience where we can have, you know, uh, it could be both mm-hmm. you know, like we could have, cause you're taught, cause you know, you, you could have, you know, really tensive conversations, but you could also have a very opening conversation all in that same atmosphere that you created. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be one, you know, one way or the other. And by, you know, by the questions you ask, by the curiosity you have, you know, by the listening, you know, that you're doing. Um, and, and in my role, you know, in, in, in kind of the back office, the behind the scenes, you know, piece, you know, um, paying attention to those particulars, you know, and having an understanding of what the essence of what they're, of what the, 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 the delivery team, the content team, the trainers, you know, are trying to do, mm-hmm. you know, I can then make decisions on my own about, okay, like how can I still create those, those scenarios, you know, mm-hmm. um, um, without feeling, um, without feeling like I'm, drawing a line, which is a whole nother, like, you know, you, you, we could open up a conversation on boundaries in this whole, in this whole like piece, you know, around it, because once you get to a place of understanding that it's either, it can be either, or there still has to be places where you're going to be digital and there's still going to be places where you, where you're going to be analog, right? Mm-hmm. Or find, you know, this way fixed, you know, and, and, you know, in other ways, in other areas, you know, you're by nature and your humanity, you think you're, you're, you're not mm-hmm. going to, you're not going to get rid of, um, and uh, you know, one of those aspects, I guess. And I, I, I think, um, I think we should come back another time. Cause I always say to some people, I'm like, man, this is such a good, in fact, I probably would say it to everyone, it's such a good conversation. I could do a whole series just with you, <laughs> but I think this piece on boundaries, because it's something that we've spoken about before a couple of times, I think we should come back and have that kind of conversation again because I think it's really, really useful and there's always something to learn because um, I had a discussion uh, just a couple of weeks ago with somebody and I was put in a, in a situation where I was like, okay, you're going to work with this person and the person changed 
And then when the email came out, there was just an assumption that I would work with this other person. And I was like, hold on, hold on, hold on. I need to check if I have my chemistry with that person first. Like, don't make any assumptions, you know. So I I said I would like to have a chemistry meeting before I decide anything and commit anything to this project. And when we met, the first thing they said to me was, man, you're really clear about your boundaries. And I was thinking, absolutely, I am. <laughs> yeah, yes, and, yes, and, you know, uh, just be, you know, so I'll just summarize this to, to, to tease out what we will talk about, because we've yeah. talked about this before, is, is that just because you're good at creating boundaries doesn't necessarily mean that you're okay with having flexibility, you know, um, it's just that either, or just that whole, you know, conversation we just had of like, you know, it's, it's not a, it's not a binary like thing. Mm. Um, I think it's malleable. We've aged. Exactly. It's malleable just because we've aged and we've gotten firm in our ways or, you know, whatever term cliche thing you want to say about getting older, reach mid, reach midlife, whatever that that thing is like, yeah, we have definitely have peculiarities, things we like, things we appreciate, you know, um, but that malleability, that that ability to kind of be, you know, open to um, to that um, is fun. And then, you know, just reacting to that question in that in, in, in that in that in that opening thing is always a fascinating piece because when you get when you when you state bound my experience is when I state boundaries, it can come across as, as not being collaborative, or it can come across as not being you know um, uh, um, uh, the uh, it can definitely craft a lot of because not many people are used to hearing that type of mm. specificity or mm. being requested of something in that way so that's the, definitely the boundary conversation that this, that's going to be fun to, to to share experiences on we have you know we have in the past so i'd love yeah. to have a conversation you know on that um, yeah there's a lot of internal stuff that happens in those moments yeah the imposter syndrome there's a lot of stuff that happens with their own own doubts and, and understandings you know uh, the, the sitting at the email you know, like for, for an hour wondering if I should, you know, just have like, if I should, if I should sandwich it and like have a nice thing to say and then say, no, I'm not, I need to meet this person. And oh, then have, let me tell and you then, something. And then, and then end it with, you know, like, I love working with you guys, like just figuring out ways to like, send, or just send the email saying, Hey, now I really would like to just meet with them first. It's fascinating. You know, oh, I'll tell you something really funny. Like there's a, there's a kind of local government, um, what, um, section from our local council i don't know you know the like the administration that runs all the garbage and all of this other stuff and they keep emailing me about something and today and i keep replying and saying no it's not applicable i don't need to do that because this is my situation now anyway today they did the magic of emailing me and texting me within one minute Right. And I was like, OK, I'm done. So this is my reply. <laughs> I put, I've written to you multiple times saying that I live in this house. Please stop contacting me about this. It could be viewed as harassment. <laughs> you know, within five minutes of me sending that, I got apologies. And I was like, OK, at least the message is understood. I don't normally write like that. But I think this thing about boundaries is that sometimes there is a time and a place where you have to assert yourself for your own self-protection. Yes. And, and, and what I will just to, you know, emphasize, emphasize this, you know, for, for what, because we didn't talk about it today, but we've talked about it together in the past. This is that, you know, for the reason I appreciate our conversation so much is because, you know, and, and, and I love this type of um, environment to have conversations because, you know, people that have done a lot of the work in air quotes 
And that's not literally the work. If you Google it, that's not that. I'm talking about, you know, just being in, being naturally curious about themselves, evolving themselves, doing, that could mean, you know, taking courses. That could mean going, continuing your education in, in, as, a, you know, in, in after, you know, post, post high school, post graduate, whatever level you, you last left off on. I mean, it could be a, that evolutionary evolving of yourself. The people that have, that have continued to do that and they, you know, and, and, um, and they read the book. And, you know, and, and, and it may not necessarily hit them in a place that, of heart that says I should do that or I shouldn't do that or I tried that. Like, that's the type of conversations that I've loved having with you because we could, we could dialogue about like, oh, I tried that, did that. That mm-hmm. didn't really feel good for me. The way you did it, and, I, and we could do it in a way that like I could hear your, your, your thoughts and your, and your suggestions. Um, but at the end of the day, like, you know, I could or could not apply them. You know, I won't feel, I won't feel hurt if I didn't or do that. You know, it's, I think it's I think it's reciprocal in that type of nature. Like, where you, but you can get into those types of conversations where, um, you know, like, you know, because because I read it here, it should be done this way, you know, or whatever. And we can have dialogue very well. And I think this this type of you know environment, I love getting in this environment, and, and I'm hopeful that you know we can continue to kind of deepen that because um, through that conversation, because this isn't you know for somebody that's just that just started, you know, thinking about results. I think this conversation we're having right now is not for somebody that just picked up a book on, you know, goal setting for the first time in their life, you know, like, you know, it's definitely wisdom for further down the road, potentially wisdom in air quotes. Cause I, that makes me seem like, I think I know what I'm talking about, but, but the, um, but it's just definitely some, some good juice here. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, but at the I same think time, it's, you know, it, it's pretty in depth. <laughs> yeah. It's the vulnerability to, to realize that the more you learn, the less that you know, that's that's how I think because like yeah. you know I know that sometimes people read my stuff and they're like oh my gosh Sayed has got all these degrees and all blah, 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 blah. and they then they and I'm like but I'm so ignorant of so many different things and I have so much to learn and you know even once I finish my doctorate I mean literally there's a, a million different books that I need to read in order to just understand a little bit more. And I think if I'm very honest, I would say the more I learn, the more, um, and this is a really strong word, but I, this is how I feel. The more I learn, the more ignorant I realize I am. Yeah. Yeah. And the, um, and I, I can definitely, you know, relate to that conversation and the, um, and from my experience, what, you know, what I often, you know, have thought to myself is, is that, I almost don't like the fact that I'm as, as interested in, in, in self-developing and, 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 and self-learning and, you know, and, um, and, and as much interested in growth. I've definitely slowed that. We've talked about that before. I definitely slowed that in this part of my life because I was for the first half of it, I was very much aggressive and like reading hundreds of books and going to months of classes and like making sure I listen to 20 podcasts. Whereas now I'm just like, I'm trying to steep in it. Mm-hmm. in a place where like I can steepen it and call from it and not be influenced by the next new thing. Mm-hmm. You know? um, and if the next new thing gets to me because I'm, because for whatever reason I hear it a bunch of times, that's great, but I'm just not seeking in that piece right now. And the, and that's because I wish that I could unlearn some of the things that I know um, <laughs> because, because I wish I just didn't know that about myself. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, or I wish I didn't know that about, how I would do this, you know, mm-hmm. or how I'm going to do this, you know, um, and that awareness is great in a lot of, it's done me well, very well. And in other cases, it's malleable to use that term, you know, because, you know, cause I just, cause I have that awareness now I can go in and try to do my best, um, to awkwardly, you know, like 
teenage boy, like move through the, that experience. I'm trying to shift it. Right. Or I can walk in like very confident, you know, and aware that like, I know how this is going to go, you know, um, and I want it to go this way. So therefore I'm going to do these things to make it. So it goes that way. So, you know, so definitely some great, you know, some great under things that I just love to be like, yeah, I wish it didn't uncover that rock. Mm. And it's really interesting because like, I'm, I'm going to share something and, and, um, and then we'll wrap up because otherwise, yeah. you know, this is going to end up into one of those oh, yeah. two-hour yeah, conversations. Part, that we have. part six conversation. <laughs> yeah. Is that um, your description of like um, doing this dance with with um, having? Well, let me put my interpretation of it. Sometimes I feel so insecure and so unskilled that I'm like, how do I even go into this space? And yet there are other times where I'm like, you know what? I know my stuff. I just need to show up as if I know my stuff and then I'll be fine. And so yesterday when I did that training on um, um, how do you put together kind of like um, a procurement document or a, a bid for tender and stuff like that. I mean, I'm, I'm really, really pleased at how it went, because, but how it went was because I showed up and I was like, I've done this stuff. I know what I'm talking about. And so you lean into places where you have the skill set, because if you don't do that, then you and you don't instill and demonstrate that you are confident in what you're talking about. Actually, when people hear you, they're not going to be confident in the message that you give and you do them a disservice. And and I think that is really, really quite empowering. And I just wanted to share that because there is this really, I mean, it's two sides of the same coin because sometimes you can feel like you're Batman and other times you're like, you know, what's the guy's name? Who, yeah. Who's Batman's? <laughs> Robin. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and it's yeah. like, it's fine. It's all fine. Cause this is why we're human. Yeah. The, 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 um, the ability for us to adapt, you know, and use what we know we can use. And, and, you know, like I'm sitting here every day in the role that I have where I'm very confident in the things that I'm doing, but I'm, but in other areas, I'm like, I got to figure it out. Yeah. And I'm very clear in, in, in many cases that I'm figuring it out, you know, and does that mean that I'm not qualified qualified. I think about that all the time. I think about it all the time, mm. you know, like, ah, oh, because I can't do this one thing or because I don't know very clearly what this is. You know, like, I, sh I don't think I'm like fit to do the whole thing, the whole mm. pie. Right. And that's just not the, you know, that that's, that's not the case. I get reminded of that regularly by a variety, by, by, you know, by myself, by my wife, by the people that I work with. Um, and we just set up those situations to make it so that it's good, but it doesn't mean that I don't happen. It doesn't mean that it doesn't happen. It doesn't mean mm. that I don't go through that experience you know, regularly, um, to, to then, you know, be like, okay, is this, is this one of those, as I shared before, is this one of those awkward, you know, teenage boy, you know, like puberty transition in life, like newness things, you know, or, or is this one of those things where it's like, no, you know, I'm a seasoned professional, I'm going in, you know, and, or any, or anywhere between that, that scale. I just use that as a, as a way to kind of define the scale and what, and what it, what it feels like. But, you know, we are, um, I'm, it's my highest hope that people can can be in scenarios where they can be a version of themselves that is of all of that scale, of all of that place, right? I love that. And that we can create a where a place, you know, where it feels comfortable, and you can create a life. And instead of saying we, it's my goal to create that experience for my family, for the people that are around me, for the people that I that I support, for the people that I work with, and that we can continue as you know as humanity to do that for those that want to do that. From you know, for 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 what I know that you and I you know have had conversations on, it's my highest hope that we can continue, 
you know, to do that, to do the work where people can walk into, be part of situations where they can feel comfortable, you know, as, as we share in our community, you know, the, the first five minutes, somebody's there, they're always asking themselves, can I be myself and show up and do, and, do, and, be, and be myself here, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and like that, I aspire, you know, to create those situations where, you know, where like you can, because you're going to have that regardless of your, if you're 10 or you're 60, or 80 or 125 or whatever, you, you know, you're going to have those situations where, you know, sorry, it's a very bad generalization, but you could possibly have <laughs> those scenarios where, you know, you're still feeling a newness, awkwardness, you know, with something, with something, um, you know, that's the analog digital thing, right? Mm-hmm. So like, you know, just because you haven't done the upgrade on your phone doesn't mean you can't do it. Mm-hmm. Just because you haven't sent an emoji or to make it even more, you know, a, a, a clear to use this continues as reference, you know, a, a, a person emoji. I don't even know what they're called. It's where you actually make the animal on the iPhone, or you make the, the person the it mask. It, the no, there's a um, there's an emoji you can do on the on the Apple where like you can where you can like make a cartoon version of yourself and yeah. send like things. So like you know, just because you haven't done that, like take that like experiment with that, mm-hmm. like manage the, there's just look at the risk of what that does to your life. And if it takes two seconds to do it, if it doesn't like, you know, like to yourself, like you didn't come to that situation yesterday, unskilled and unprepared and, uh, and unseasoned at using what you taught because you were mm-hmm. teaching it. And, you know, because you were at a place where you've done it enough to be able to teach wisdom to someone else. Right. But in, you know, but in those, in those beginning days of you creating, creating your, you know, your way of doing it, your proposals in this case, you know, I'm sure there was a lot of awkwardness and a lot of challenges. Oh God, a lot of like, yeah, and it still is because, because, oh, by the way, when you deliver a, a, a you know, proposal to somebody in this company, just because they're in the same industry or they're a sister company to the thing, doesn't mean the proposal process is going to be the exact, it's going to be the same damn thing. Mm-hmm. Same darn thing. Sorry, you can mm-hmm. edit that out later. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so appreciate you, honor you, I, you know, really, really just great continuing to be uh, in the ethos of what you're creating. Um, and, and for you to continue to, to invite me, you know, to, to have these conversations. Um, they're, uh, they're fun. They're a lot of fun and a lot of, uh, uh, and a lot of wake and they, they create an awakening, you know, for me, um, and, um, an awakening of, uh, of many things. And so thank you for that experience. Oh, thank you, Nick. And, um, usually I go through this whole thing of a million different questions, but I think it's a perfect yeah, point for us to, <laughs> to, to, and I'm going to come back to those. So we have to do that part two anyway. Right. And, um, yeah, it's just because what you've expressed is very much the reason why I like speaking to you. Cause again, some people are going to be like, why don't you ask him anything about tech? And I'm like, because we don't speak about tech. <laughs> we speak about, you know, the, the real kind of like crazy, juicy things that I can't even describe our conversations. But what I know is that at the end of them, I just feel really full and really alive and stimulated and stretched and pushed and kind of like, do you know how I would describe you? I describe you, and this is the first time I'm saying this to anyone, so please receive it with the gift that is being sent, Right. I describe you as one of my intellectual partners. Mm. Mm. Thank you for that. Yeah. Thank You're you welcome. The, uh, the, thank you for that. The, um, uh, the, yeah. Where can people contact you and find out more about your awesomeness? <laughs> 
Um, uh, the, uh, I appreciate that invitation. Um, the role that I play right now, uh, it, you, can, you can head over to our website, exchangeapproach.com. Um, Exchange Approach is with out and E. It's X-C-H-A-N-G-E. Um, and so we, uh, the name of the organization is Exchange without uh, an E on, in the beginning. Uh, and so head over there. We invite you definitely to, to, to come to a workshop to, to, to look at, to experience what we do, uh, especially if you're a consultant, facilitator, trainer, teacher, someone that works with groups. Um, you know, for contacting me, that's, you know, the, the, there's, there's, there's not necessarily a direct input um, for, for people to do that, but I appreciate the opportunity um, for that. If you head over to that, to my, to my website for the, for the business, um, it's, it's not necessarily a place where um, it's, it's the, the, the lights are still on, but the lights are not, the sign, the sign, the lights on the sign are not lit up, but the, but the, but the I'll, lights, I'll, in, the, the lights in the, the building are yeah. the center for the center for awesomeness.com is, is, is the, is my, you know, you know, my, the container place where I, you know, uh, have, have some, some places. So, um, honor that question. Appreciate that very much. Thank you, Nick. And I hope that everyone will come into the exchange community, not just for their own benefit, but also just to meet you. <laughs> and, and, and the and the thank you for that. Super humbled and come meet all the rest of the people that are just like me uh, and, and, and variations of, of us. Um, I think, you know, uh, us meaning you and I. Thought I you were going to say variations of Nick from <laughs> No, no, and variations of, you know, and, and just different, different, you know, different people who are very, very curious, very inquisitive, looking to make an impact in the world uh, and, very, and, and, we, and, and can be intellectual partners, to use that term. Um, come meet your new intellectual partner. I like that. Um, I might use that more because we've it's had trademarks. You know that, don't you? We've had people get, I know you've already trademarked it, but we've had people get married in our community. We've had people find business partners. Like it's, it's, a, it's a very cool you know, type of environment. And so, um, so thank you. Yeah. I mean, I, well, part of my team is structured from exchange. So I'm just going to put that in there as well, because I think, you know, the, the power of this, um, process and the way that, um, the support that we're given and the freedom, and this is, I think the key thing that we didn't touch on here, but we will pick this up in the other one about boundaries and um, the freedom that you get, um, is really, really powerful. And, uh, yeah, go over to exchangeapproach.com. Links are going to be in the show notes. Thank you, Nick. Look forward to speaking to you again. Take care. If you enjoyed this episode of With Sayada, I'd appreciate it if you could rate, review and subscribe. It helps other people find out about the podcast and the work of the Centre for Belonging and Understanding.